Good morning. All right, so um, I don't know if it's the nature of who I am or, but you know, there's been lots of, I appreciate so many prayers. There's also been some challenges, you know, like a flip or a cartwheel, and those will not happen Um, unless we want an ambulance up here, so I know, right? All right, so uh, this morning, there are lots of things that I've already enjoyed. I've enjoyed the handshakes. I've enjoyed um, the hugs. I've enjoyed the smiles. And uh, most importantly, I've enjoyed worshiping a God that loves us no matter what. And that's something that's uh, part of my rule is that if there's something that is said that is truth, that is uh, along the lines of what, what God wants for us, I, wanna, I want us to hear it as a family. So if we say something, I want to hear the amen or bring it or I don't care what you say. Say something, okay, because we're worshiping a God that is live and that is, is good to us. And we're on the, on the brink of, of Thanksgiving, uh, as Monty said, and uh, man, I, I love food, so this is a little bit of a dangerous time for me, and, uh, but I love getting together. Uh, this also brings some, some difficulties or hardships for us, some sadness for us if we've had a loss of a loved one, and we'll be walking a little bit through that. So this morning, we're able to be together knowing that we are loved by the King. We're going to try that again. <laughs> this morning, we're able to be together knowing we are loved by the King. Amen. We are known by the Creator of the universe. Our identity is established by God who chose us for his purposes and to follow him with all that we are. That's what we're called to do. I believe that we are here only because the gospel is real and true. So I really try to come up with a good story because I love to laugh. And I I have my typical one story of Thanksgiving that I share, but I've already told you guys that. And if you want to know that one, that's good about the differences between what Emily's family did during our first Thanksgiving. They were all thankful. But I just want to confirm this. I want everybody to go up to Emily after this and say, what do you normally do on Thanksgiving other than eat? What do you do? You watch football, okay? I, I mean, there's other good things that you do, but you watch football And that's just not what they did. I thought I was in the wrong family. I just married into the wrong family. If you want to know that whole story, I'll tell you later. So I was walking. uh, Actually, I wanted to run on Monday, but I ended up walking just because that's where I'm at. And and, and I really, I I was just praying. I was just praying, God, um, what is it that that you want for this time? What is it that you want for uh, us to hear as a church family and as a community? What do you need to inspire us? What do you need to remind us about? And I could not get away from this particular verse. This is a verse we know well, and as I start it, if you know it, jump in and say it with me, okay? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Amen? Amen. For God did not, this is verse 17, by the way, for God did not send a son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. So my name is Sean Burrow. I'm the Counseling and Family Life Minister here at the A&M Church, Uh, and I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that he rescued me from eternal death. That's why we're here 
That's why we sit here. So I love what I do. I love being a counselor that knows that Jesus is the answer to our hurts. By the way, I, I do some hang out here at the church, but the majority of my time, I'm at the counseling center, the counseling ministry that this church started. And I, I love therapy techniques. If, if you get talking with me, I can talk to you about therapy theory. <laughs> How exciting is that? I could put you to sleep really fast. But bottom line, I love being a counselor because I know that Jesus is the only answer. He is the best therapy and theory that we have around. He is the answer. So this morning I've invited, um, actually had a unique opportunity as I was up here. And I was like, you know, I wonder if we could get our counseling staff uh, up here. And I just want to tell a quick story uh, real quick. And then I'm going to invite uh, the counseling staff up here. And then we're going to have Ray Powell pray over them. But um, this is so unique. So in uh, quite a few years ago, in 2010, actually probably a little bit before that, uh, the elders of this of this church had a vision, just said, hey, you know, we have this need where we just need Christ-focused counselors. And they said, man, wouldn't it be great if we had a ministry that, that, could, that we could bring to this church, but not only this church, but this community, so that we could share the love of Jesus Christ. And, and so uh, God was putting it on Emily and I's heart as well to come down here. Didn't know where, but it was down here. And so in 2010, we started this ministry. And when we uh, moved into the, the Boonville building, that's where we're at now. When we moved in there, uh, our prayer, our vision for that, just to let you know how uh, little we are and how big God's vision for things can be, is we prayed. We seriously prayed. We said, God, we had four offices in our little area and said, God, um, I would love it if we could occupy all four of these offices. And so now, uh, praise the Lord, uh, God had bigger plans, but now we have 24 counselors. And, and that's how God works. And if you say, man, that, that, you know, what, is, what is your secret? <laughs> I don't have one other than being faithful to where God is calling us. And that's it. So we come to work every day knowing that God has invited us to join with you and others in this community to work towards understanding that our past does not define our future. Our past does not define our future, and that's what we do every day is interact with individuals, couples, and families that know that there's hope in Jesus Christ. Our identity is defined by a loving Father, and it's not our brokenness, but it's our victory in Jesus so as, as I say the, these, this next part, I'd love the counseling staff to go ahead and come up here and, and up on stage. So I'm going to go ahead and invite the counseling staff up here. And Ray Powell, uh, make your way as well. He's going to say a prayer over us. But Ray is going to uh, spend just a moment praying over these individuals who God has called to serve this community. Um, but also those of you who are thinking about inviting God into your situation. Uh, in our community for, uh, who needs to know the life-altering name of Jesus. So I'm not biased or anything, but I think that God has put together one of the most incredible counseling staffs on earth. Now, I just want to say a little something, that, that we are a, a place where we train up and integrate psychology and theology. Theology is our main one. We integrate this knowing that the greatest name, Jesus Christ, in every session, every hour, this is it. 
So, I love, is Ray up here? Okay. Love you, Ray. I just wanted to also acknowledge those elders that made that decision a long time ago, and Kathy Anderson and others who had a dream that it would be, well, he's right, much smaller than this, but God had bigger dreams than we did. And I want to thank those people that helped make that happen. I also wanted to say that I think last month was a record, guys. 1,400 counseling hours last month through the folks you see up here. So it's not just the, yeah, yeah, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Hey, everyone's pointing at Kathleen. Can you imagine scheduling 1,400 appointments? And it's not just her. She says she's covered in grace because grace and grace, two women named Grace, help her with that scheduling. But nonetheless, there's a boatload of work, and churches from all over here um, acknowledge this work every day, 1,400 times last, last month. Will you pray with me? Lord, we don't even know where to start to thank a God who is so awesome that you not just answer our prayers, but you uh, exceed it by <laughs> 20-fold. That what started as a tiny part of a big office building now takes that building and the bottom floor and the top floor. And uh, where do we start with thanking a God who does that? And Lord, it's not just that. It's the lives that are transformed because they go from hopeless to hope, Amen. from unfocused to guided because of the good work of the men and women you bless on this stage and others who are off on holiday already. But we are grateful for Sean, him and Emily coming down here, all the things you've done that are integral parts of blessing your people and showing again that you are faithful in Jesus' name. Amen. Isn't it great to see that, how God takes over and does amazing things? All right, here we go. Um, so we're going into the holidays knowing that we have time to celebrate. Uh, we also have times that remind us of difficult moments and loss, and, and there's a, a whole lot of things uh, that are part of that. I want to ask you a couple of questions to focus our time together. What defines you? And then did, do you ever feel like there are parts of me, parts of you that are warring against each other? What defines you? And do you ever feel like there are parts of me that are warring against each other? Often I feel pressured to define, we, we feel pressured to define ourselves through jobs, through financial status, successes, grades, appearances, relationships, and what other people say about me. But what happens to our identity when I experience failure or experience an intense loss of someone I love or become burned out in whatever I'm doing, work, school? The very foundation of our identity is shaken and altered. When those things happen, they come in and they shake us up. It's difficult for us to think about what is the next step. When our identity is shaken and altered, resulting in us hustling to define ourselves by something or someone else. Have you ever felt that way? We're off kilter. We don't know what to do. And then we begin to fill in the blanks and the voids with other things of this world. 
If you, if you find yourself saying, there's a part of me that wants to follow God with all I am. And you might say, there's another part of me that just wants to do whatever I want to do, however I want to do it, whenever I want to do it. And they war against each other. So I want to describe some parts for us this morning that might be part of what we're struggling with or dealing with or have to conquer in our walk. It's the control part. I don't know if any of you have that as like, yeah, I I have that. I, I like to control things. So there might be a part of you who wants to just control all the details, take over the way that things need to be. And fill in the blank, right? There's also another part of me that could be avoidance, right? The avoidance part of me. And typically I like to, when I'm in that part of me, I like to escape through addictions. You want to get away. You want to stop feeling the way that you're feeling. Therefore, I go to my avoidance part. Your addiction or your escape might be through Netflix, It might be through pornography. It might be through work. It might be through unhealthy relationships. And then there's another part that kind of comes up because I typically have these if those other two are are, uh, hanging out with me is that hurt part. You might even be sitting there or at home today saying, Sean, I'm just hurting I'm just hurting, Sean, period. I don't know exactly what's going on, or I may know exactly what's going on. I'm just hurting, and I don't have the strength. But then we have this other part of us, the hope part of us, the spirit-led part of us, because we go and we begin to understand that God has created us exactly how he wants us. Things of this world and decisions that I've made in the past may have attempted to cover that up. But I guarantee you that God still has all that giftedness, all that uh, identity within you, no matter what you've done. When you say, Jesus, you are my Lord and Savior, he redeems that, he uncovers that, and he allows you to be led by by the Spirit. By the way, I don't know if you've experienced this before, but these parts can battle for who's going to win. And so I really tried to think through this, and I could not, I typically cannot get away from certain scriptures, and Romans 8 just kept flooding in, talking about the parts of me, the spirit and the flesh, right? Let's read this together. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires, but those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God and it does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those, of, uh, those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. Very simple, very clear. That's a part. You, however, are in the realm of the uh, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, 
then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his Spirit who lives in you. That's the other part. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh, it is to live, uh, to live according to it, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. And if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, plain and simple, you will live. Hallelujah. That's a part of me that wants to have victory. That's the part of that warring that every time that I go, and by the way, those other parts do not have enough strength to overcome the Spirit. So I want to read a quick definition of identity because we're, we're all in this talk about identity. is an individual characteristics by which a thing or person is recognized or known. Number two is who and what somebody, something is. Pretty simple. Again, then I was captured once again, um, and I've been captured by Ephesians 1 for quite some time. And I want to read Ephesians 1, starting in verse 4. It says, for he chose us. And by the way, I want to preface this just a moment. Um, I, I think this is God's definition of your identity, okay? So anybody that's in here or watching online, if, if you're wondering or struggling about what he uh, thinks about you or what he wants in you, what he's called for you, I, I think this is a pretty good idea. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for the adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him, we have redemption. Through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. Check this out, that he lavished on us. Not some, not kinda, not sorta. He lavished on us. So bottom line, God's definition, who are we? Here we go. We're chosen, we're adopted, we're redeemed, we're forgiven. And all those things he lavished on us. I, I hope if, if you're struggling with those parts that you begin to hear that this is our, our identity. Whenever Christ is sinner, if he's one, this is our identity. Chosen, adopted, redeemed, forgiven. And not understanding our identity in him will keep us far below our rights and privileges in Christ. Here's some encouragement for us this morning. You ready? All right, we will continue uh, to battle, wanting, wanting to react out of my control part, my avoidance part, my lonely part, whatever my difficult part is. But God is calling you to live into the Spirit-led self. This is who I am. I'm always reminded when I go back and I hear about difficulties, I'm, I go back to those verses, and it's not necessarily the ones that I like, but it's the ones I love. 
right? It's the ones that say, consider it pure joy when you go through trials of many kinds, and not because of the trials, but what God can do through those. So if you're in difficulty, know that what God is going to do and how he's going to reveal himself. 2 Corinthians 12, 8 9, when Paul's walking and working through this in his difficulties, he says, three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Another encouragement is last week, and just as we're going into this, this time together with families, with friends, or whoever it may be with, another encouragement here. I loved, by the way, I loved Dean's sermon to, uh, for us last week. Just an encouragement. If, if you didn't get to listen to that, go back, listen. They did, did an incredible job. Can't wait till he comes and joins us in January. But he talked about Jesus being tempted in every way. And he became victorious because of his relationship with God and, and his identity and who he was. And then he responded, I love this, with the word of God. The word of God is enough. Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is alive and active. And if you've ever spent enough time, if you've ever spent any time in the word of God, and not just for information or knowledge, but if you just get in there for a relationship, a deeper relationship with Jesus, it's alive and active. So be, be aware and be ready. If you find yourself, lastly, if you find yourself having a difficult time being anxious, depressed, even sad, lonely, this is too much. All right, I, I want you, I, I hand this out. By the way, I give a lot of homework uh, in, in, in sessions and therapy, so uh, absolutely we're going to do that today. Um, I, I want you to think about this. When you find yourself going down that road, I want you to have your favorite verse, verses ready to read when you first start going down that road. When you first have that, that thought, man, I don't have it all to get those verses out. Allow for God to, to um, plant these truths in your life, alive and active. Also, I don't know if you have a f favorite hymn that you love singing and just encourages you, praise song, uh, <clears throat> you know, one that you keep hearing uh, through Peace 107 over and over and over. I have one right now. Again, um, when things capture me, I, I, it's hard for me to let go of them. And so right now, my thing is no longer a slave to fear. Have you heard that song? No longer a slave. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. I'm surrounded by the arms of a father. I am surrounded by songs of deliverance. We've been liberated from our bondage. Where the sons and daughters let, the, let us sing our freedom. You split the sea so I could walk right through it. My fears are drowned in perfect love. You rescue me so I could stand and say, I am a child of God. The promise is that God has a purpose for you. Amen?
I, I hope that you truly do believe that. And, and if you've been going to church more than an hour, I hope you begin to understand that God has kingdom purpose for you. Not because of what you do, but because of what he created you for. You are his child, his servant, his ambassador. The hope from him comes in, in the places that we can't. The prayers that God will leave will not leave us alone. God will not abandon you, even though that you may feel that right now. God holds you in his palms. Our purpose for still being here goes well beyond our hurt. Because sometimes as we know that well, we get, we get um, feeling like we get crushed. Sometimes we feel like that we get pushed down. Feel like, God, I don't have anything else. But he has purpose. God has a bigger purpose for you. So this morning, I want to encourage you to, to believe that God has created us to be steered by the spirit-led part. I want you to really leave this, and we're going to do a, a summary here in a moment to say, hey, this is what we've talked about, and this is what you need to go do. But I can't leave without finishing Romans 8. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. So this is our identity. Chosen, redeemed, forgiven, adopted, heirs of God, co-heirs with Christ and shared in glory, in his glory. This can be an opportunity for you to love on others for this holiday. Okay, so here's the second part of your homework. All right, I don't know if you're going to leave, you're going to go out to eat, you're going to eat with families, you're going to go home, you're going to sit at your table. But I want you to, to come up with a list, a list of people that you're going to text, call, or visit over the next few days, this next week. People that you know that's on your heart and your mind that the Lord is leading you to reach out to, to encourage, to know that maybe during this time, this is going to be a lot of first. A lot of first because they've lost a loved one very precious to them. And there's going to be a lot of, man, this is the first time or I wish they were here. Reach out. Text. Call. Visit. Do something that ministers to those that are around you. That's my homework to encourage, to be a family, a church family that truly is active in loving one another. So maybe you struggle with who you are in Christ. Maybe you've visited or, or you've listened to other people put you down and you felt like there's no escape. Understand that God's grace is there to help us when we stumble. His mercy is available to a repentant child of his Know that you are in Christ and walk boldly in his service and humble 
as we marvel in his grace. Okay, I'm going I'm to end where we started this morning. Because I want us to leave knowing that we are worshiping a God that is worthy. All right. As we started, let's end with as much excitement, okay? I only get up here every once in a while, so let's, let's rock this place. Okay. This morning we're able to be together knowing that we are loved by the King. We are known to the creator of the universe. I believe that we are here only because the gospel is real and true. Our identity is established by God who chose us for his purposes and to follow him with all that we are. That is our identity. Every part of what we just read today is our identity. The world's going to try to lie to you. But I pray as, we, as you leave here today, as we finish our worship uh, to the Lord today, that you know that you are chosen, that you are adopted, that you are loved, that you are precious. There is nothing that can get in the way of Jesus Christ in you. Nothing. No sin is big, too big. No brokenness is too far apart. God's in the business of restoration. Let's pray. God, thank you for our time. We worship you. We praise you for what you've done, your perfect, your perfect plan. God, we do continue to lift up um, the counseling ministry that, that you're in charge of, that, God, you continue to lead. That, God, sometimes we feel like that we have to come because we're broken. God, sometimes we have to come because it's just a reconnection with you. It's just enrichment. God, let us be reminded of the gospel, the good news of your son, Jesus Christ. And that's not it. As we see in scripture that as, as Jesus was about to ascend, he said, I leave the spirit of truth. Thank you for giving us the Holy Spirit. God, we lift this prayer up and we continue to worship together. In the name, most incredible name of all, Jesus Christ, amen.